Konnichiwa. Welcome to the Jandals in Japan podcast. Kia ora, Catherine. Hi, Jane. Super Are excited you... today. Oh, my goodness. We have had quite the weekend, haven't we? We certainly have. Uh, what a treat. I mean, we started with rugby, didn't we, on Saturday at the Tokyo Stadium. The mm. National Stadium. National Stadium, that's the one, where the Olympics, 2020 Olympics were held in 2021. Sadly, without any spectators, but to the uh, opposite direction on Saturday, we found ourselves amongst more than 65,000, more than 65,000 people in that stadium. Mm. It was what? pretty much full, wasn't it? Like, yeah. there were two seats next to us that were empty, <laughs> but that was it. That, that we could yeah. see, right? Everything yeah. else was full. Yeah. And it was so wonderful to, you know, see the All Blacks playing, but mm, I'm saying more so the Brave Blossoms and their supporters. It was just fantastic to see that surge since 2019 when the Rugby World Cup was held here. And I just wondered how the state of rugby was going to be uh, mm. after such a time that we've right. had this pandemic. And it was just no change. It felt like I was back at a Rugby World Cup match. It was absolutely fantastic i thoroughly enjoyed it yeah everybody was really hyped to be there and i think that they all had their hard-won tickets that people had really like yeah. a lot of people missed out on tickets like that's not even all of the supporters right <laughs> Sixty-five thousand. there are a lot of people who didn't yeah. get to go to the game so the people that were there were really excited to be there and they were all in their gear weren't they and, and oh. really enjoying themselves and I have to say that All Blacks had a tough job, like with the crowd that was like, I think of the 65,000, maybe a thousand were New Zealanders and the 64,000 were all Japanese supporters. And there wasn't any booing or anything because no, it was all, you know, very well behaved supporting, but it was pretty quiet, right? When the All Blacks were doing their movements and getting closer to the, to the trial and it was kind of like we were like whoa it's silent kind of silence yeah we were <laughs> it was sure really weird a try because it was so quiet with the reaction yeah. but uh realized it was with the arm of the referee going up so obviously <laughs> it was a try but very quiet but obviously when japan was running down the field and they did that quite a bit they were very much on attack uh, they were cheering and yelling and screaming in the crowd and it was just great to see that good on you japan and mm. you know you're my favorite team right now so i really hope you do well in this season and and show everybody what you are worth because you're worth a lot well they were done great yes and wasn't it wonderful like at the end after japan lost all of the japanese uh supporters around us turned around to us new zealanders and said great game wasn't it yeah. that was fantastic and we all yeah, yeah had a great time yeah. I don't know if I would have been as humble. I would have been a little bit more gutted and sad and probably would have taken a whole lot to make me say, great game, Japan. I would have done it, but, you know, that would have. I just feel that they did so much more than what I could probably do uh, as a losing Kiwi when you've got the All Blacks and all the, you know, so-called prestige and uh, history around the All Blacks mm, and the strength mm. of the game. But I think the All Blacks need to pull their socks up a bit. Before they go up to uh, Europe and uh, do the Northern Championship, I just want to see them do a little bit better than that. Hopefully that's given them a bit of a, mm. a rustle. Mm. There was an interesting water boy on the field, wasn't there? <laughs> oh, I was like, why do they keep showing that water boy on the screen? I was like, oh, oh yes. that's why. <laughs> that's yeah. who that is. Assistant Hilarious. Coach. Assistant, assistant coach, right? They go out there and <laughs> a bit of give a bit of push yes it's quite funny seeing him in in the bright green water boy uh, shirt <laughs> him being Bowden barrett himself right yeah and then I, I really get this feeling that tokyo's alive japan has woken up we've got oh my goodness you know, yes five thousand people is a lot of people and then we also had the other uh encore to the weekend was having another concert that jane and i went to with a couple of other fangirls to go and see bruno mars at Tokyo Dome yeah. Stadium too, and that was out of this world. Outstanding. And yeah, again, full seats, everybody with their masks on, having a great time. Yeah, yeah. it was a masked yes. up event, right? It was a mask up in the dome yeah. it was, yeah. There is an mm. advantage to that. I mean, I'm sitting next to, or standing next to, dancing with Jane, who knows all the lyrics, uh, and I can hear them through her mask, and I'm there <laughs> in my mask. I know most of them, a lot of the lyrics, but there's some I, that catch me. 
So I'm like, thank goodness for the mask. The oh, mask, yeah. My lack yeah. of my mouth moving to the actual. Well, I didn't realize I was like ahead of you on the old lyrics yeah, there. I, well, okay. Yeah. I think you're more up to date with the latest album. I'm still right. keeping up with that. Yes, but I, I, um, I usually hear the lyrics and remember them, but I'm still. <laughs> but I was kind of grateful yeah. for the mask that I could go, uh uh-uh, uh. Yeah, yeah. That was useful. The, yeah. All right. And the old voice is a bit rusty this morning. Thanks for all the screaming and singing and dancing last night. Anyway, yes, that was a good time. Very good time. Thank you, Tokyo. And the way it was Mm. orderly leaving that that Tokyo Dome, uh, row by row, section by section, and everyone just follows the so smooth. So amazing. You know, no big rush out the door. Just remember that when you're coming here because Japan is very orderly and even exiting a stadium, exiting a, a big concert, just brilliant. Yeah, everyone just yeah, took their brilliant. time and walked nicely yeah. and everyone walked nicely to the station, walked nicely through the station and onto the platform <laughs> and into the trains and off we all went. I couldn't believe it. We were away from there in less than half an hour. It was, it's what, 20 good. minutes from our yeah. seats to the getting on the train. and Japan is oh, so efficient. Amazing. Yeah, and I think the other thing we're looking forward to is we're welcoming, you know, a lot of Kiwis into Japan um, in the middle of the month, around the 21st of November, when we have the Japan New Zealand Business Council kicking off uh, in Beppu. We can't wait to actually go down there and be part of that. We're going to be helping the JNZBC with some of their media, and we look forward to um, talking with some of the people who have been fans of the show so far on the Jandals in Japan and getting a few new ones interviewed mm. while we're down there, Jane, yeah? Yeah, so if you are heading there, sh- give us a shout-out and let us know you're going to be there. We'd love to connect with you while we're down in Beppu. That's what we're there for and to help out as much as we can. And, yeah, get some great stories for everybody else to listen to coming up in the future on Jandals in Japan. So it's a very busy November for Jandals in Japan. I hope we can make it through all this fun. It's wonderful. I feel very um, privileged to be able to do this and have this in a safe environment that Japan is. So bring Mm. it on. Um, We look forward to you listening to this episode. It's with Hayden. Bedwell Curtis, who is a fantastic rugby player, fantastic person. And he was actually dialing in today from Taranaki and was giving up his time to talk with us. He's been in Japan for more than four years with Mitsubishi Heavy Industries rugby team. The Dynabors, they're in the top league this year. He captained the team last year and was vice the year before, I believe Mm. he was telling us. And we can't wait to bring you his voice. He's a super, super, super lovely person. And you'll feel that when you listen. Uh, We hope you enjoy. Yeah. So let's hear it from Hayden. Hi, Hayden. Welcome to Channels in Japan. Hello. Thank you for having me. Kia ora. So good to have you here. Yeah, it's awesome to be here. Thank you very much for uh, the opportunity to speak. Yeah, so we like to warm up with an A or B question. And this morning, our question is, you're going for ramen with your friends. Are you a shoyu or miso ramen fan? What would you choose? Uh, actually, uh, I'd go with uh, garlic ramen. Garlic? So I've got, I've, got, I've got a local spot uh, close to where I live. I live in Hachiorgi, and uh, I'm just going to give a little plug to uh, Nanukia. Uh, they do... An outstanding ramen with through cuts of meat. Yeah, I'm a big garlic fan. Um, <laughs> What's the soup though? Is it pork bone soup or? Ah, great question. I didn't even know the answer to that. I just well, have to look garlic. it up. I'm sure it's on their little web page. You think? Yeah, yeah. Some review this, page. Uh, yeah. A solo dude running a running the shop by himself, and oh, he's a big. Uh, well, probably the other reason as well. He's a big rugby supporter, and oh, nice. um, whenever he sees the rugby players come in, he's always giving out free cuts of meat and um, a bit of extra, extra garlic noodles. for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he's um, yeah. So that ramen is uh, is my go to. Do you usually have a ramen like before you're going in for a game? I can imagine being in the scrum there and it could be a little bit <laughs> dicey. <laughs> it's probably the only yeah. If you want to gain a few Secret extra weapon. kgs, it's um. Yeah, great for uh, for the big boys up front, but um, yeah, it's more so had as a treat after a game is a great go to. Mm. It's um, a bit heavy on the on the guts, and yeah, there is uh, noodles on there for carbs, but mm. um, yeah, the old recovery Roth carbs. And, um, 
Yeah, good recovery carbs, definitely. How about you, wow. Catherine? If you were going to have a bowl of ramen, shoyu yeah. or miso? Yeah, well, I'm now very enticed to go out to Hachioji and try mm. the garlic one, but I think probably miso. Yeah. Um, and not a dark miso. I prefer a light white mm -hmm. miso. Mm -hmm. um, I really have got this sort of thing on miso at the moment. So I'd probably go for the miso ramen, but mm. I need to find a great place in Tokyo that does them. So anyone right. suggest? Yeah. I'd love to hear, hear your ramen suggestions. Yeah, I'm miso ramen as well, but I'll throw in another one which is Nagasaki Champom is my favorite ramen. Have you ever had that? Yeah, yeah. Not yeah. for a long, life, oh. a long time. Like, you yeah. got to try it. It's really delicious. And yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I'll have to drop that down. Ningahato is the shop where you get it. Ningahato. They have Nagasaki Champon and other... And, you know, they do have them in Hachioji. I used to live and work out in Hachioji my first year in Japan, and there is definitely a Ringahato out there because I've yeah, been to it. <laughs> Oh great! I'll have to I'll have to check it out after a game. There well, we're so excited to have you here. We've been teeing up. Is that the right metaphor? Hmm. For having you on the show <laughs> for quite a while. We're so happy that you are coming in from uh, New Zealand. Uh, and kia ora to you. And um, we're stuck here in Japan, still not able to <laughs> travel back. But we're so happy to have you here. And uh, I know you originally hail from New Plymouth. Yep. Is that where you are back there now? Yeah, so I'm um, back in Taranaki at the moment, uh, New Plymouth. Uh, we've only just recently moved as a family to New Plymouth. We've uh, our family and friends, oh, sorry, our family lived down in uh, Karponga, which is a small rural town, but we've made the move up to New Plymouth. And yeah, it's been awesome. So this is home for us. And every time I get a get a chance to come back to New Zealand, Taranaki's is, is where I'm heading. Yeah, well, we know you're there on your break um, and that you're playing for Mitsubishi Heavy Industries, Mitsubishi Dynabores team in Japan. Yep. Mighty Boars. Yeah, go the <laughs> Boars. And we're so excited to have you. And we're going to put your full bio back into the show notes after. But tell us a little bit, Hayden, about your association with Japan, how you came to be here and why you're playing with the Dynabores at this time from you know, Mitsubishi. Yeah, so at the time uh, I got the contract, got offered the contract from uh, Mitsubishi. I was uh, playing with the Crusaders uh, back in 2017 and 18. Go the Crusaders, um, that's where I'm from. <laughs> yeah, so I had two years down there and yeah, it sort of just happened by chance really. Uh, Jordan Taufur was actually was coming to Japan in that 2018 year and signed a contract or was signing a contract with Mitsubishi. Um, then obviously he had an outstanding season and then made the All Black squad. So he chose to go to the ABs and then his uh, Dynaball's contract fell through. So they needed to find another player. I just happened to be there. His agent is my agent and we just connected the dots and then yeah, I signed on the dotted line after he um, made the ABs. So it was just right time, right place. Uh, oh. Knew the right people and yeah, yeah, that was my introduction to getting to japan that was 2018 right so you've been with them since then is that right yeah yeah so i've been since uh been there since then i've 2018 we were in uh division two i was only in japan for four and a half months before coming home 2019 we didn't have a season because mm -hmm. that was the change uh japan rugby were changing their uh, structure uh world cup as well and mm -hmm. then 2020, yeah, 2020, 21. Yeah. We all know what happened over those two years. So, yeah, I haven't actually spent too much time in Japan, but, yeah, I've been contracted for five, four or five seasons now. So now you will be back in Japan and just going for it for the, the next season, this coming season? Yeah, so I've been back since July uh, this year and um, we've been, uh, what, two and a half months of pre-season. We've had four games already gearing up for December 17th start and um, yeah, ready for 2023 season. So in Division 1 this year too, we got promoted uh, last year. Uh, we bet Entity comms in the relegation, promotion relegation games. Uh, so as a team and as a company, we're um, in the league with the big boys now. So Brilliant. the company and the players are really excited to, um, yeah, to carry on. Yeah, and most of the team is made up from people who work at Mitsubishi Heavy. Is that right? Uh, it used to be, but over the since I've been there, there was there were thirteen players when I first started, and now I think there's only five players that are in the company, mm. and all the rest mm. of us are obviously pro 
uh, pro rugby right. players. Yeah, so it's transitioned from yeah being sort of half and half really right. to now just pretty much fully professional. How many Kiwis in the team? Uh, I think we've got three mm. Kiwis. Yeah, this year we've had a uh, change of head coach and he's well, he signed one Australian. There's another Australian that hasn't been announced, so I don't know if I could uh, plug it here. Um, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, we'll so, oh, but there's a, yes. Yeah, there's a few Aussies that have been just re-signed. Um, yeah. Got a few Island boys as well, a couple of Fijians, good. a couple mm-hmm. of Tongan boys. Oh, good. Yeah, so we've got a mixed bag. So you had some luck there getting your contract, but it's not all about luck. How does a rugby player secure a contract to play in Japan? Most players are contracted to uh, an agency. So I'm with uh, Halo Sports Management. They look after my contracting, my uh, dealings with going overseas, anything with within New Zealand, footwear sponsorships, et cetera, et cetera. So as a player, yeah, you're represented by a company. And well, the company that I'm with, they have an agency department in Japan. And we have, I think, five agents on ground in Japan. And they go around the clubs and they connect uh, with the CEOs and managers of the teams and to say, oh, hey, this guy is going to come into Japan next year. Oh, I've got this player ready to go in this position. Like, are you looking for the players? So all that work is done by someone on the ground going around to the clubs mm. and promoting your CV for that year or, you know. Like, so is that like rather than like people like Japan clubs don't come to New Zealand looking for players, the not so go much. to them? Yeah. yeah, I think, well, before technology and you know every how it's just how the world yeah yeah, yeah youtube <laughs> and how the world evolved on the internet prior to that they you know would come over to new zealand be like hey i'm looking for a 10 or a 12 go around to the super rugby franchises select this guy such mm-hmm. and such but nowadays you know i can put my cv on youtube or internet or send it directly to the clubs and be like okay here's a player this is what we're what he's good at and what he's not good at and shrinks mm. and his numbers and yeah, it gets promoted to that club and that's just put out there for everyone to see. What's mm-hmm. the CV look like? Is it people <laughs> or is it you actually CV. clips of you playing rugby? What is it? Yeah, like? I to be honest, I don't think I've ever had a rugby CV. I've just well for coming to Mitsubishi, I just had um, you know, a luck uh struck there. Right. But yeah, yeah, it's just clips of everything you've done positively on the field. It's um mm. it's got your say like if you're a team, you're or kicking, something. Yeah, yeah, your stats. Yeah, yeah. just your um, <laughs> how many tries. And, or... <laughs> yeah, how many tries? If you're if you're a winger, you know how you're finishing and like mm. um, your numbers in the gym and what you are, uh, how you are as a person, your character, mm. references from other uh, coaches you've had in the past, and mm. um, obviously yeah, your age and where yeah. you're from, your rugby teams you've made, yeah, um, right. etc. etc. Yeah, yeah, the so. character thing must be pretty important, I would think. You know, if you think about the values that go all the way through, say, New Zealand rugby, the way we play rugby, All Blacks, uh, and you've been in, you know, Hurricanes, Crusaders, lots of teams in New Zealand. What is it that would go on that sort of CV about character that would be really important for, you know, Kiwi players to think about coming into Japan? Yeah, I think, well, first and foremost, I think hard workers are hardworking people. And I think that's as a... Uh, rugby players in New Zealand, I think a lot of us are, especially the ones that have made All Blacks and Super Rugby, you know, you have to be hardworking to to make those top levels and mm. stay committed. Yeah, a little bit of patience as well, having patience, um, especially getting into the Japan market. Sometimes you can get in, sometimes you can't get in. It's just around timing uh, for teams as well. Mm. What was the question again? The characters characteristics that really matter, you know, for rugby players to well, come into yeah, especially Japan. to be successful yeah. in Japan, right? Yeah. That you've you've seen now that you're here, you might have noticed that what, what um, makes you successful now that you're here. Yeah, sorry, yeah, um, yeah. yeah right. So <laughs> we can edit this out, eh? Yeah, totally, <laughs> or not. We might leave it in. No, just we'll keep it in there. Just, just keep it. <laughs> keep um, it real. Yeah, so what, yeah. The real answer is yeah, uncut. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah i think when, once you're here i think because japan is such a different culture i think cultural shock uh, culture shock is mm. is the initial one when you first arrive in the at the airport and you move into your house or your apartment i think that's what gets most people whether well, the rugby's rugby's rugby you jump on the rugby field and you pass the ball around and 
you know, that's fine. I think the right. it's the, the daily stuff life out, stuff. Yeah, the daily yeah. life stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. once you yeah get here, you're like, oh wow, this is actually a, a lot different. The language is very different. You most places you go, you can't understand, and you're either on Google Translate or you're bringing along your translator or you're mm. uh, going along with friends. Yeah, I think open mindedness is is one that rugby players need coming here and just yeah having a lot of patience uh with teams mm. with uh how trainings how uh meetings everything just takes time can you tell us one a story about a time when you either had a major culture shock moment or had a sort of cultural faux pas moment when you arrived it's been a few years um, since you first hit the ground here it has but been a, yeah, it has yeah been it's a hard years. to remember i know um, yeah, I would just remember when I first got here, well, I come in the middle of summer. So we went from Narita Airport on the train with like three bags, mm-hmm. just hoodie on. By the time we got home, uh, by the time we got to Hashimoto Station, which is like an hour 45 of three or four trains, we're just drenched. Thinking about supermarket or, you know, something. Did you buy something and it was like totally the opposite of what you thought it was? And... Like I remember when yeah. I was traveling around my first sort of week in Japan and I went to a bakery and bought this, oh, delicious looking bread. I was like, oh, I want to have that and sit outside and eat it. And it was the red bean paste red, inside the red bread. Bean and I was oh, yeah. just in there. Oh, no. It gets you all the time. So that yes. was my, one of my worst sort of oh no moments when I first got here and not being able to notice that it was had a name on it that was telling me it had red bean paste. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've bought a few of those from uh, the convenience with the um, pancakes because I'm a sucker for pancakes. But yeah. um, after being here for a few few years, you soon work out yeah. what it is and what it's not. You're right. With so, the pancakes, um, they deceive you with the, showing us the cream bit on the outside. Yes. Like, yeah, this is yeah. great. And then you Looks chomp great. It. And then, yeah. Mm-hmm. Take a it's bite and paste. <laughs> yeah, I think that stealth bean paste episode is something everybody's experienced i have a similar story with donuts they had been pasted in the middle so disappointing (laughs) what makes a great rugby player in japan being open open to the culture embracing the culture fully and then obviously once you get here you're just getting stuck into your work yeah because most players that come to japan have come from super rugby or Mm -hmm. come from npc so i think the core basics are there as a footy player. It's just adapting your style of game to how Japan play. Um, I know a lot of people have come here and uh, like body composition is a little bit different. Japan's rugby is a lot faster and well, I feel like it's a lot faster and a bit more quicker than, say, super rugby, where super rugby is a lot more physical around the breakdowns in particular, mm. contact area. You have to be a lot fitter, I feel. Mm. Like I know my stats when I came to Japan – I think Super Rugby, you'd run around five, five point five, five point eight k's a game, and over here, I think I was running around seven k's a game. Mm. So you're running an extra, extra miles per, per game. Mm. Um, yeah, it's quite interesting, but yeah, I think yeah. because it's a lot, a lot faster, mm. um, the balls are kept alive a lot more. Yeah, certainly if you see someone like Matsushima in the you know Brave Blossoms team, he is so fast, isn't he? And you think, gosh, he's representative basically of the fast uh, runners in in the Japan team, I think. But um, in your team, though, have you got fast runners as well? How are you building your relationship with all these guys when they're running so fast around the field? Yeah, so the guy that I co-host the podcast with, he is the fastest winger uh, in Japan, Ben Poltridge. Mm-hmm. He's... Um, when he was younger, he was a sprinter. He's, yeah, he's hard to keep up with. But everyone else is sort of, once you put on the boots and you're running around on the grass, it sort of evens out everyone. I said, well, not evens out everyone, but makes everyone a little bit more closer. Yeah. But yeah, it is difficult when you're a little bit heavier and the less lower numbers you've got on your back, it's um, a lot mm. harder. How about? Mind you, up. Mm, carry on. Yeah, mind you, our props, our props are actually, well, I'm speaking out on our team, but yeah, props. I think there's three boys that keep up with the loose forwards. Like they're big, 110 kgs, but mm. they're just super quick. Wow, really? quick wow. For, yeah, mm. quick for props. Goodness. 
Normally your hookers are quick, but not your props. That not is, your props. Yeah. Just like <laughs> around the field. Yeah. And, yeah. 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 Wow. So, I mean, you're mm. in a team and they all speaking Japanese, right? The other players, mm. apart from you guys who, who speak English, I guess. Yeah. Uh, how are you communicating? Are you using translators? How do you actually get to know these guys so that you can, you know, forge <clears throat> together as a team? I always think the language might be a barrier, but maybe it's not. Tell us a bit about that. Yeah, so off the field in the rugby environment, we've got a trans. Well, we've got two translators. So we've got Kiwi coaches. So they speak English. Translator speaks Japanese. And then when the Japanese coaches are speaking, obviously it's translated to English. Around the facilities HQ, um, everything's translated around meetings. And then when you're in the gym, when you're out having a coffee and and that, it's yeah, you're just relying on boys that can speak a little bit of Japanese or speak a little bit of English. I feel like a lot of um, uh, body language you read you don't understand them but you understand body language i feel like i've become a lot more i suppose better at understanding body language mm-hmm. um just to get observant of yeah observing yeah, yeah what's going on and in, in the context of your setting mm-hmm. and then on the footy field we have uh rugby language so we've got moves that are actually all our moves are in english but they're because they've been spoken about in a team meeting and then once they get transferred to the field, when you say something, uh, we need to call a move or something, then it's obviously everyone understands it and it's on the same page. Mm-hmm. It's a bit difficult when you're someone does something wrong or someone does something good. You need that full understanding of what's right. going or what's happening. Mm-hmm. That's only when it comes difficult. But uh, mind you, when everyone does something good, everyone's like, nice, nice. Mm-hmm. So everyone understands that. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But so yeah, on the field, are you speaking English then for the moves, or are they? Tra- did you say they're translated into Japanese? So you're actually using a bit of Japanese. no. So we use yeah, we use English for our oh, calls. Right. So uh, with our yeah. lineouts, um, right. with our strike patterns, with our right. structures and kicks, mm. uh, everything's in English. Yeah, so our Japanese right. boys do actually really well too. Yeah, I was going to say learn it in English and obviously yeah. remember remember the calls. So. Mm. How's your Japanese after four years? (laughs) Four years, is it? Yeah, four-ish years. Yeah, it's definitely not where I want it to be, that's for sure. Yeah, I study my butt off every week and and Mm. try and get it and try and and learn and that. But, yeah, it's just uh, it's slow going. It is. Slow going. How many years have you been learning, uh, working with Japanese Catherine? How many years now is it? I don't want to give too much away. Over 30, but over 30. I started Mm. when I was 10. Yeah. Well, um, I started sorry. when I was twelve, so yeah. But so what's that? Know, Ten years? No, um, no, <laughs> nearly thirty years. Thirty years. Japan, 30 years. Still learning. Still learning. Wow. But yeah. I mean, what are you concentrating on for your Japanese? Are you trying to do general daily Japanese or more technical? Because you're you've got an accounting background too, right? So you're learning accounting in Japanese, or you're just <laughs> sticking to your um, lane. Well, initially I was going to go for my passport after five years. So I was taking the, uh, doing the ganking lessons at the moment. Um, mm. I've actually got a JLPT level five. Uh, right. The end of this year? Start of next mm-hmm. year, end of this year. Yeah. So I'm, I've been doing, I suppose, proper Japanese. That's, yeah, proper Japanese. So, <laughs> yeah. But the very base, the very basics. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I try and get them done in the morning before training and then head off to work for the day. Um, so they're done. And I've got another player, Jackson Hemapore. He's actually, we used to do them together, but he's a lot smarter than I am and he's progressed a lot quicker. So I'm doing them by myself now. Yo, Jason. Um, <laughs> wow. I mean, you were also do. you know, you were an apprentice, you were an apprentice builder, right? So you did a lot of that kind of work when you were back in New Zealand, Cavalier Homes and TMT building. Is that kind of, background that you had also helping you with things that you do in Japan, apart from DIY around the home, <laughs> you know, is there something that that kind of background building construction, the way you think about things that's helped you with your rugby in, in Japan? I suppose having that, um, what do you call it? You no, know, sort of being grateful for where you are. Cause I've experienced what real life is about and, you know, mm. getting up every morning, Monday to Friday job, having training and then going to work for eight, nine hours a day. I think I've just been, yeah, real, I know, not privileged, but yeah, just grateful for where I'm at in my life. And yeah, I think those, <clears throat> those earlier days, especially when you're young as a rugby player, you go through academies and you go to work 
and then you go to training at night and then you repeat that for however many years it takes you to crack super rugby and go full time I suppose that work ethic to be able to grind it out continually for for a long period of time has yeah helped me in my later career I suppose reaping the rewards of what I did mm, back in the day um, like it yeah yeah well pretty lucky just to play rugby for a living travel the world and yeah live in Japan live in New Zealand and then yeah do what I love yeah that's awesome what would you say to that Hayden like back back in the day who was working and training and working what would you say to him now work even harder Mm. yeah I think like I work my butt off like because building obviously is a a physical job and and then obviously playing rugby and lifting weights etc is another physical element to it actually we come up in conversation the other day around regret we were talking mm. uh, the other night we're like how do you I suppose remove regret from your past and how do you move on from that but if I was talking to you myself I'd be like yeah you can work even harder and push yourself even more to try and become a lot more than or do a lot more than what I did mm. You're in so many teams there, right? And doing so much with, you know, the Manawatu and the Taranaki Bulls. And this is even before, um, you know, Crusaders and Hurricanes. How could you be hitting yourself for not doing enough work? Sounds like you were doing a lot of work. What are you, what are you talking about there? What sort of... Um, oh, it's just because of the, yeah, just the, the length of time, ah. I suppose. I didn't get into Super Rugby until... 26 27 so i sort of was a bit of a late bloomer getting into into full-time rugby whereas i'd spent five years at manua two previous to that i did a year at uh the taranaki bulls and sevens before that so i think yeah just i could have worked a lot harder at the earlier stages just out of high school when you transition from high school into the real world just here around physical training and um Mm. just putting yourself out there a bit more in terms you of learning ca- you were captain though of the Taranaki Sevens was it uh yeah yeah, yeah. that's a wee while ago now um yeah that was really cool we went down there that was the last time uh, the Sevens was played in, in Queenstown and uh, we managed to take it away so mm. but that was a cool learning experience I was young yeah I was really young back well, then. not everyone <laughs> gets selected to be a captain of a, a team right so they obviously saw a lot in you to bring you to that level is that yeah. the ability for you to do in Japan? Can foreign players be captains of teams in Japan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was uh, captain of the Dinobores last year uh, oh, for a season. Great. And um, vice captain of the year before that. But you missed out on the role this year because uh, we've got a couple of two Japanese boys that are going to, or the future of the club. So, hmm. yeah, that's really cool just to be able to lead the team for a year or a couple of years. And, yeah, that was a... Uh, a massive learning experience. Um, yeah, what does that involve you doing that's a little bit different to being a player in the team when you go up that extra level? Mm. Well, I hold, personally, I hold, hold high standards of myself and every day I want to be the best and every day I want to show good habits and I'm not really a speaker, um, never have been. I'm just the guy in the team that's doing the hard work and um, you know, I don't really like speaking in front of people and <laughs> I think that might be most curious. So it's but... the guy with a podcast and <laughs> talking yeah, to us Yeah, I know. Today. Well, that's what I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I, um, yeah, I hold high standards and I think mm. just being able to do that on a constant basis every day has, yeah, got, got me to where I am today. And mm. You built that muscle up just like your other muscles. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I think, yeah, just being able to just to do little and often, that's sort of been my motto the last couple of years, just with my Japanese, with my training, yep. um, hydration, it just, you know, little and often has <laughs> been really good and powerful for me. Love Brilliant. That is an excellent strategy for learning Japanese, and I'll keep that one about the hydration in mind as well. Yeah, little and often. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> little and often. Just something simple, just little little cue. So as a Kiwi here, are you seeing any opportunities that other Kiwis could get involved in? Uh, or in fact, you might be involved in yourself. You know, there's other. There's it's just a. It's just such a place to really invite entrepreneurship and activities outside of what our core uh, game is. 
to use another metaphor. What are you seeing there? Are you seeing anything that could be possible for other Kiwis who are listening to you today and think, oh, I'd love to go and play rugby, but I'd also like to do something else here too? Yeah, well, I am doing something on as a side hustle. So I've got a friend uh, who's Japanese. He was Australian, transitioned to Japanese citizenship. Um, so him and I went into a well, business arrangement at the start of this preseason um, into a wee coffee business. We both love coffee. We love drinking it. I've just, I think, yeah, it's been part of the rugby culture. It's just in your DNA. You drink coffee if you're a rugby player from New Zealand and love cafes. And I love those two things, drinking coffee and going to cafes. So, yeah, him and I went into a, uh, started a wee coffee business called Coffee Charlie, named after my dog that passed away two years ago now. Um, yeah, so it's in remembrance of her, but yeah, I think uh, the Japan market is just so big and there's a lot of people and New Zealand has great quality products and we thought, well, why not just take it to Japan and we'll put a Kiwi Australian twist on it in terms of what, what the business looks like and yeah, we've been able to meet some really cool people. We go through All Press Coffee, um, mm-hmm. our agency, Halo. They had a relationship there and we got introduced into All Press and we went to the shop and did a barista course and met all the staff and, mm. yeah, built some really good connections there. So I think there's big opportunity for New Zealand to get into, into Japan and, you know, we're just having a little slice of it while we play rugby in Japan. Brilliant. Where are you doing that? Where is that mm, going to where be? Can we, um, where can we go? Can we get a coffee up? from you? Yeah. We don't have a bricks and mortar shop, so we're just going to run it out of a, a truck. Uh, mm-hmm. So we went and bought a, I bought a truck of a company, and it's been made at the moment and designed how we, uh, how we want. Yeah, we're going to have uh, it driving around uh, the Kanagawa region. Mm-hmm. We're both, well, I wouldn't say I'm a surfer, but my other mate, he's a surfer. And we head down to Chigasaki and uh, Kamakura, often so the idea is to go out there in the summertime but in the meantime we're just going to hang around uh hashimoto which is our local station um obviously head to the rugby grounds uh head to the stadiums uh Gion stadium and we're just working in to get to chichibu stadium but yeah all of our all of our stuff is on our instagram page um you can head over there and and check awesome. it out and we'll have yeah. all the info there for you awesome. you're not going to serve iced coffee are you uh, we haven't actually written our menu yet, so. <laughs> no, I know Jane we'll likes iced coffee, but you I'm. Better serve not, some iced coffee. I'm yeah. just, I'm, I know it's going to be popular, obviously, in summer, but I'm a real hot coffee all year round. Nah. All year round. To, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, even all year in round. Japanese yeah. summer. Amazing. Yes, even yeah. in Japanese summer, it's a hot black. Wow. Mm-hmm, Long black. Yeah, <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah, yep. But I will buy a, a, something off you, like a flat white or a typical Kiwi Aussie coffee. Don't you worry. I'll be one of your first customers. Yeah, no, that'd be great. It'd That's be awesome. great. It's so good, you know, that you can see another opportunity there and you're pulling in your love for cafes and coffee and doing something else in Japan and, and bringing some more of New Zealand here. And that's just really great. We love hearing that. Yeah, no, thank you. Yeah, yeah it's, it's it's been something that we've always wanted to do. And, the, and then, um, yeah, we just thought, bugger it. We're just going to we're gonna go for it and see what happens. And So, yeah, great. And during mm. this process, you would have picked up a whole lot of uh, bits and pieces to do's, do's and don'ts and you know any tips or advice you'd have for budding Kiwis who are thinking about coming in here and setting up a business you must have experienced a bit over the last few months since you did this pre-season so give us your top two or three things you can that come to mind yeah well first of all we had trouble finding a company to build it that took mm-hmm. a lot longer than expected we thought we could just you know jump on the internet type in coffee truck makers designers <laughs> And then it'll just pop up, but yeah. it wasn't meant to be. But yeah, mm. so I think yeah, having patience around uh, having patience in Japan is probably something yeah. that's yeah. over everything. Everything's just going to take a lot longer than expected. And um, we were super lucky that our translator for rugby, well, he likes businesses and helping out the boys. So he came along with us after we found a company. He did all our translating uh, for free. Uh, when we got the contracts, he translated it for free. We haven't actually run into too much trouble around that side of things, apart from finding a uh, coffee truck company. And because the rugby community is so, I suppose, small, I suppose, things are a lot easier. Mm. That would probably be another one. Yeah, 
if you're trying to enter Japan and you're a rugby player, it's um, there are a lot of connections around uh, people know people, yeah. um, people know mm. other businesses, and yeah, we're quite a tight knit group um, yeah. that look out for each other. So mm. yeah, that would be a few few tips. Right. How about the outside of it? You must be putting coffee Charlie all over the. The, the truck right is there sort of anything there that you have to be careful about you can just put anything on there yeah we haven't actually got to that point in the making of the truck but i'm just hoping that mm. we're allowed to mm. there are rules around where the truck can and can't go um right. registration you have to do with the police and right. um yeah registration you have to do for certificate health and right. safety yes um <laughs> talking with the coffee truck company guys once everything is all sort of done, it's sort of, yeah, you're fine and you're pretty much left alone to, to do what you want yeah. um, and drive around. Um, There's a bit of paperwork and an mm. effort to get there at the front end, but once you've done that, and that's sort of typical across Japan and a lot of businesses and, you know, getting getting started, it takes a little bit at the front end to get going, but after that, yeah. it'll be quite smooth sailing. Yeah. Yeah, so that's everything we found at the moment. Just, yeah, everything's taken a wee while and there's about a million forms you have to fill out. And then, um, but once you've, <laughs> done all that then that's it you just get up and go so yeah right that's what we're hoping anyway we haven't sold our first coffee yet so i'll tell you after we sell our coffee. well you better tell well, us because we're looking forward to hearing about it first coffee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah you got you do you guys have like um fans that follow you around and things like i've seen that the fans in japan seem really involved do you find yeah. that yeah yeah um like your fans, your that keen are fans, right? They're really, really super. keen. Yeah, yeah. I was intrigued that people send or fans send things to the company of the team you play for when it comes to your locker, and they send gifts. And the gifts are some of them are outrageous. They're like bottles of wine, like that are not thousands, hundreds of dollars worth mm. of wine gifts. Uh, people make like fans, uh, like the the fans you use to pull yeah, yeah. yourself down with your picture on it oh, uh, right. posters lovely um, yeah letters yeah. love letters yeah it's wow. some of them are some Amazing. of them but yeah intense, intense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When, when you're walking yeah, around do people sort of go hayden and yell out your name and do you hear that sometimes not not so much when you're outside of the we're out in general life, but around the rugby games, yeah, yep. that's definitely endurance. Mm, but yeah, if you're walking into Shibuya Shinjuku, yep. you're just another foreigner uh, walking through sure. the crowd. Yeah, yeah. Unless you're in a big group and you sort of stick out, yeah. you mm. might have a six foot five guy, you might be noticed. But yeah, apart from that, you're just sort of mm. another guy in the crowd. Mm. <laughs> we noticed some very dedicated um, woman fans at the rugby the other day when we were there on Saturday and we even saw like one solo woman who had come by herself and sat there through the game and cheered for Japan with their all their gear on all by herself and oh, then excited. Yeah, oh, really? yeah. yeah and then in, we were just like wow she's here alone she had a great yeah, time yeah. and she went home I was like wow how often do you uh, yeah, see that in New Zealand no no yeah no the fans are yeah the, like, the fans are awesome they yeah mm. uh, they're really getting behind the rugby and they're really getting behind their teams. I went to one game, uh, it was for Toshiba, and I was really, I was a bit of a laughing moment when Michael Leach obviously is a legend in, in Japan, but every time he gets the ball, the crowd just yells out, Leach, Leach. <laughs> and I'm like, that's so awesome. Like, yeah. yeah. The only other place you get that is probably at the Landers when Waisaki Nohola is, is running down mm. the sideline and you hear his chant. But yeah, mm. the, fans are, the fans are pretty incredible. Oh, they were. I mean, we were just four and a half Kiwis standing there or sitting there just listening to everybody and just the, they're all in their gear. They're all just so excited when Japan gets the ball, um, you know, yeah. 65,000, more than that. And there's probably only a thousand foreigners there too. But we just love the atmosphere and the support. And I was a little worried after 2019, wondering what this first big rugby match would be like. And it was fantastic. You know, stadium, the Olympic Stadium was so cool. It was really great atmosphere. And, and you know, the All Blacks nearly lost to Japan. Uh, they were very, <laughs> yeah. very close. And Japan, go for it. You're just doing so well. You're my next favourite 
Maybe even totally. my fav- favourite team right now, I think, yeah. is the Grey Blossoms. Yeah. They were so great, yeah, so weren't good. they? Yeah. Well, we went, you mentioned podcasts before, Jane. I heard you say that. Yes. Hayden, tell us a bit about yeah. that. What is your podcast? Where do we hear it? What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, so, um, yeah, 10 weeks ago we started a podcast and it's called Japan Rugby Weekly. I do alongside, or co-host alongside uh, Ben Paltridge, who I mentioned before, who's a, the fastest winger in Japan. And uh, mm. our translator, he's um, Douglas Pickering. He's, um, yeah, he's an outstanding, outstanding, probably the best, I'd say the best, the best uh, translator in Japan. Mm. Um, yeah, so we just talk about what's happening in Japan rugby-wise. Yeah, everything down to club footy and sevens on the weekend, uh, right through to international international rugby and a few things in between hasn't been right. talked about too much but yeah uh, rugby hasn't been talked about too much lately because there's not a lot happening but mm. yeah so we've got heaps of other cool content and stories on there and do you <laughs> analyze games like this this all blacks brave blossoms game is that something you would say talk about yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so that's definitely um definitely on the agenda this week right. um, we we're recording end of this week so oh, we'll be um, listening in yeah yeah had no, a translator at that game too at the end there translating the coaches uh english into japanese etc he was great do you know who that was no i didn't uh, see that I one but I haven't seen that brilliant it was a foreigner but his his pronunciation uh, oh okay his, it was awesome i was just so impressed so i was wondering who it was but yeah um, no they're definitely worth it waiting gold good translators yeah yeah we'll tag them later if we find out Anything else, Hayden? I mean, we've had such a great chat. I just don't want to finish, but uh, we need to get on with uh, the day job, right? And you've got to make some coffee and make some other things around. Yeah, yeah, I need to go do some coffee. Anything else before we finish up that you wanted to say that we didn't cover? No, just thank you very much for, uh, yeah, getting me on here. It's been um, been awesome to to have a yarn and, yeah, talk to some uh, amazing women. And thank you very much. Thank, Thank you. you. It sounds like, yeah, your uh, life in Japan is going really well and we hope that it, it continues to be successful and you are a very successful Jandal in Japan. You can officially call yourself a Jandal awesome. in Japan. Yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay, thanks, Hayden. No worries. Thank you very much. Wow, that was such a fun interview with Hayden what a great guy fabulous I mean he just so he's so humble he's so modest he's just fun and loves hard working hard working everything really really enjoyed speaking with him I think we're both we're feeling that he will go a long way in Japan with his work ethic and yeah just that humbleness and appreciation for everything that he has going on around him and people supporting him and his business business idea and as a player quite clear that you know not only being a good rugby player and having the strength you know the stamina and being able to play rugby it's not not only that it's all the other things that he clearly displayed um you know and that's really some of the takeaways that i had was how he talked about that you know being uh your character on that rugby CV. I thought that was very interesting. Mm. Have a look at the rugby CV and it, that you have your character there and you have reference letters and things like that from people. And we often have that on CVs, but it sounds mm. like, you know, in rugby, that's really important to have that as an important point uh, and called out by other people, you know, being hardworking. He talked about patience. Oh, yeah. yeah. Patience came up a lot, didn't it? Right. Yeah. And that things take time and, um, you know, get get stuck into your work. He also talked about, show, you know, he loves showing good habits uh, and holding himself to high standards. Mm, Other mm. people not holding him, he's holding himself to these high standards and doing it on a consistent basis. I really love those things that he called out. Yeah, those definitely go a long way in Japan and would be recognized and rewarded, I feel. Yeah, very Japan. much so. Yeah, and not stuck. just in rugby too, right? Oh, like exactly. anywhere. Yeah, and as well. And you can see too, he's learning, learning the language. It's, it's mm. a marathon um, and it's part of <laughs> certainly <life> is. <laughs> but he's doing it. You know, he's going yep. for it. You could easily just rely on the translators and think, oh, I'm fine. I'll always have a translator or one of the other Japanese guys can speak English. But he's really doing that. And I think through that, getting a lot of the culture and that comes mm. through in Japan through the language. Wow. Awesome. 
I think we're going to have to go and watch the Dino Boards play, don't you, Catherine? I think so. I might have to get a shirt. And the other thing I think I'd say with Hayden is, you know, he's shown that you can do something else while you're here. You yeah, can do another, right. another job. And here he is um, going after his other passion of coffee and cafes uh, with his Aussie mate and bringing out this uh, coffee truck mm. uh, soon into Kanagawa, Greater Tokyo area. We can't wait to see that and be lining up for our... Uh, cafe coffee <laughs> yeah yeah that'd be great to have that down on on the beaches and things just mm. around the summer when yeah potentially not so much rugby things are happening yeah yeah some good kiwi coffee at the beach yeah. what a great idea yeah anyone who's coming to japan don't think that you're just sort of channeled into one thing you can't do something else if you want to give something a try anything is possible here mm. in japan as you've shown catherine with starting yeah. your own law firm if catherine could start a law firm in japan what else is possible for new zealanders in japan pretty much anything i think yeah i reckon right well i mean everyone should be getting on over and listening to their podcast sounds like that's yeah you want to catch I, um, up on the rugby yeah catch up on the rugby and just hear them talking about rugby and picking up all this jargon i'm building up my book of rugby jargon, rugby jargon. <laughs> We're going to need it for future games and everything else. And I just mm. really thank Hayden for his time uh, coming to us from uh, Taranaki this morning mm. uh, to speak with us. It was really great. All right. So, yeah, we have a few more exciting guests coming up in the next few weeks and more wahine coming on the show. So it's going to be really good. Keep listening and we'll see you again soon. Bye. Bye. listening make sure you check out our guests links in the show notes this podcast is brought to you today by Catherine o'connell law and pod launch with jane if you have a great story you think should be on the show come and find us on linkedin or instagram we'd love to hear from you see you next time matane